Hello, everyone, and welcome to Huskies on Tap, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies, presented to you by the On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Ethan Wiles. And again, we have another special guest. Let me introduce my co-host, Ethan, and then we're going to get straight into the business of today's episode. Ethan, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing well. I'm excited to introduce our special guest. I won't hold it back any longer. Go ahead and introduce him, Brandon. So yes, Huskies on Tap listeners, we have a very special guest, a gunslinger from Bothell High School in Washington who transferred last fall from Cale. A man who threw for over 2,000 yards in his first season as a Husky. This man has been working hard, rain, sleet, or snow this offseason, and you can count on him to lead the charge for our 2020 Huskies. Whether he's throwing the ball, running with it, or flipping over defenders for the score, Huskies on Tap listeners, I am pleased to present to you Ross Bowers. Ross, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing great, fellas. Thanks for having me. Hey, absolutely. Our pleasure. So you're out there in California on your quarantine. How are things out there in California? You know, they've been, you know, with how crazy the time is, it's been a really good time for me. I'm just getting some quality time with my parents and also having my girlfriend out here. It's been really nice to spend time. And, um, you know, it's it's been a weird time, that's for sure. But, you know, I've had access to a, a weight room, which has been huge for me. And then it's just been hiking almost every single day. And, you know, it's been kind of a fun little routine that we've gotten in. So it's not the worst, but it's definitely not spring ball and, and all that. So it's kind of just trying to make a positive out of a negative. But it's been a, uh, it's been a nice little break, I guess you could say. So we'll touch on it. We'll get it out of the way right now while we're on the topic. How has the spread of this COVID-19 affected you on the field, off the field, the student athlete as a whole? How has it affected you? Yeah, you know, it's such an unfortunate thing that we're going through, not just for, you know, myself, but it's, you know, just with how many people have lost their lives and been affected by it. It's, it's just sad to hear how much it keeps growing. But, um, you know, personally, it's been tough to deal with just because you know I had our, we had our last spring ball coming up and you know that's been um, most likely fully canceled you know I know they say it's postponed but it, it looks like it's probably going to be canceled so um, you know that was sad to hear and just knowing that we're going to miss all those reps at practice and you know it's going to be a uh, a valuable spring for us I believe so it was it was sad to hear that we weren't going to be able to um, you know get all, the rest of our practices in but um, you know, it's just a new challenge. I think that's, you know, the way I've kind of approached it, you know, it's going to be, you know, a way I think for us as a team, can we all get ahead, you know, while we're kind of on our own, you know, is there, cause they're going to be everybody around the country still working, you know, it's not like we're, you know, we're all just going to sit around and do nothing for however long this takes. So I was going to say, I mean, this is a challenge that not just NIU has to face, but every other team in the NCAA has to face it. So I think you being the leader of this team, that that's an amazing mindset to have going into such a tough time when you're not with, with the team and you're not working to get better. You're not working towards opening day, but you yeah, know, it's grand, it's granted right there. now is a dead period. Is it not? Like, I think that's what they called it. Like the NCAA actually announced it. Oh uh, yeah. So I, it might be for recruiting and all that stuff, but we, as a team and with our coaches, we can still meet um, through okay. like Zoom and, um, you know, maybe not in uh, in person, but we can do it over the phone or um, what we've been doing is just these Zoom meetings. We actually just got done with one this morning with the quarterbacks, um, which was led by Coach E. So 
it was awesome. You know, that's a great alternative and, um, you know, may not be ideal, but, um, you know, really appreciative one that our coach has figured out how to work the app and got all of us together and done all that <laughs> and together a cut up for us. And that's not the easiest, so, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's not easy. You know how the technology no. is nowadays. Yeah, it's not. Trust me, I'm the worst with it. So I, I get hey, it. Hey, we're but, not too uh, good ourselves. <laughs> it happens. It happens. I would say, though, it's it's a true testament to how how, you know, how teams and how guys individually put in work when nobody's watching. That's what yeah. it's, you no, know, it's that'll be so great. Yeah. That'll be what it really, really is a well. testament of. So you're a West mm-hmm. Coast kid. You, you know, you had a few D1 offers coming out of high school. You went to Cal originally. But when you entered the transfer portal, what what separated NIU from all those other schools that were going after you? Yeah, so. A huge part for me was just the loyalty. Um, so, you know, with Coach Ham reaching out um, and then eventually Coach E and, you know, just be, uh, being able to build relationships over the phone with them. And, um, you know, it was huge for me. Um, and they stayed in contact better than anybody throughout the entire process. And, you know, and it was unfortunate for me. I actually had to get surgery on my throwing hand um, while I was going through that process. So it scared a lot of people away, um, you know, which was actually a good thing, I thought, because it's going to show who really wants me and who really needs me. And, um, you know, and the surgery, I know, you know, when you hear the word surgery, it's it's not a good, you know, good thing, but it wasn't going to be a major surgery. It's, you know, it was a very quick recovery. It's like six to eight week recovery and, you know, everything's been fine since. So I knew it wasn't going to be, you know, life altering or, you know, whatever. So it's so nice to have a coach that, you know, actually was stuck with me through that process and, um, you know, just kept in contact because there was a lot of people that once I told them, you know, hey, this is what I'm about to go do and this is why and this and that, you know, they said, well, we need to move on and, you know, and which I understand. Um, So, you know, it was really good. It was really cool for me, the loyalty they showed, you know, early on and then just throughout the months that went on um, leading up to my official visit. Um, that was just huge for me, um, you know, and then on top of the loyalty, just, uh, you know, the person that coach ham is, you know, he's just all about ball, you know, and he seems like he's all about, um, you know, just really trying to develop a program and build a culture. And, and that's something that I've always loved to be a part of and, um, wanted to continue being a part of, and then getting a chance to have my, uh, take my official visit. Um, I got to see just, uh, you know, one practice I was in and I saw, to be honest, my dad and I were sitting there just looking at each other, just confused of how does this school have such good talent? You know, it's, and it's not to disrespect the Mac or whatever, but it's just the talent across the board at receiver and tight end and running back. And then you look at the O-line and, you know, I was just looking at the offense from that perspective. I'm not even going to get to the defense who has a ton of talent too, but I'm looking at the receiving core and I'm saying, man, and you know, it's amazing. There's probably, you know, there's probably five or six guys that could play a lot of places. And this is not, you know, that's not normal, you know, not even just for NIU, but for really anywhere. So that was really cool for me to see that this team was so talent packed and, um, and then just the way they worked, you know, it was, it was their first spring ball together um, in terms of a new staff and a new team. So I knew it wasn't going to be the prettiest, but they've made it seem like they've been together forever. Um, and that was cool. That that showed me that the coaches really were, 
you know, talking the talk, but also walking the walk. So that was um, very cool for me to see. And, you know, I just, I wanted to be a part of it. I, I knew right away that, you know, if I could, you know, if they still wanted me, which they did, and I knew I could really maximize what I have left in my career at NIU. And, uh, you know, it was a, it was a really, um, you know, it's just a, it's a pleasant surprise, you know, just because, you know, I, at least for myself, you know, I don't know too many, didn't know too many things about the cow, didn't know too many things about the team itself. And, um, you know, there's just a winning culture, you know, at this school. So it's, it's been fun to see that firsthand. And then at that visit, you know, I think everything just clicked for me that, you know, this is the place I need to be. I was going to say, you take your visit out here, you're coming from the West Coast. What was mm-hmm. that like? What was that, that culture change like coming to the Midwest? <laughs> Obviously, the we're the lunch pal guys out here. Oh, yeah, talked no, about, for sure. We've talked about the weather with our football guys multiple times and just how unpleasant it was this season. I can't imagine you've had anything like that before you yeah definitely not definitely haven't never had a home game where it rained at at cal so that was that was interesting to have every home game with bad weather but you know i knew what i was signing up for you know i i was actually i grew up in the mid in the midwest before i actually moved out to washington um in fourth grade so i got i you know i know what i knew what it was like and you know how bad it could actually get but um where are you from I, I, i so I was actually born in Charleston, Illinois, uh, and then my parents, oh, wow. they, they're both they're both coaches, so we just moved around um, wherever they, you know, were working. So um, before, you know, what I really remember growing up was my dad was at Bowling Green and my mom was at Michigan. We were living in like the Toledo, Sylvania area, yeah. um, you know, and that's really where I like have memories and of the Midwest and, and this and that before we moved out to Seattle for good. Um, you know, so I, I wasn't, um, you know, totally unaware or coming into this thinking, you know, it's going to be sunshine, <laughs> you know, all that, yeah. all that jazz. So I wasn't really thinking that, but, um, once you get out there and just kind of get a chance to live in it for a while, you don't, it's not as bad, you know, I'd say maybe you never get used to how bad the wind gets. <laughs> the wind on <laughs> yeah. the way to class, bro, is nuts. Oh, and honestly, yeah, that that brings me to the, to the next point. We see you out there in the snow getting after it on Twitter, bro, like like sleeveless. Oh, yeah. So you're you're ready for this. This is something you you're built for. But on the top, okay. So on the top, you brought up Toledo. On the topic of Toledo, I gotta ask you. So quite arguably uh-huh. one of the dirtiest hits Ethan and I have seen. We won't get into the logistics of it, but <laughs> just just yeah. take us through that play and then like subsequently the concussion protocol after, because I could only imagine that was a nightmare. Yeah, it definitely wasn't fun. That's for sure. Um, well, you know, just for one, the play was so embarrassing. When you go back, if you really watch the play, it's like I trip over my own feet, I fall, and it's like just the most like it's the worst <laughs> run you've ever seen in your life, right? Yeah. So it's just, and then I'm I'm like sitting on my knees, just looking up in the sky, like just giving the like, just get like saying to myself like, oh no, <laughs> you know? like, and then. You know, I get rewarded with a nice slap in the back of the head, so that was awesome. But, you know, it really wasn't um, the hit itself that was so bad. It was more so just a a compile of hits. So it was really the Miami of Ohio concussion that really was still – So looming. You know, 
Yeah, I still, you know, I passed, you know, the trainers and everybody, they put me through concussion protocol, I passed, you know, and they were really making sure, they're like, listen, even though you passed, they don't think that you have to play if you don't feel safe, and I felt safe, you know, I felt ready to go, and um, I really trusted them, and, and I trusted myself, too, I and mean, it's not something that, um, you know, I felt like I was thrown back into it, or or I rushed it or whatever, I, you know, I, I felt ready to go. It was more so just, you know, I think it was such a, it was so close together that it just felt so much more intense, um, you know, with the concussions. Um, and uh, so that, that just made the process so much slower, I guess, or longer, I, I should say. Um, yeah. Cause that was the, the last, that was like the last play of your season, right? Cause you didn't play after. Yeah, that, right? it was. Yeah. I, I remember I, I got to finish the game. But it just kept lingering and lingering um, that it just it was not and it was just giving me fits. I really couldn't, um, you know, focus or um, and it just wasn't, you know, what we need. It wasn't kind of what it wasn't best for the team for me to yeah. play. And it's not conducive well, to and, winning. You know, we were just kind of rolling. Yeah. So it was just not not the smartest idea to keep playing. And, um, and you know, to realize, you know, probably, people probably don't know this, but to tell a story about how good of a, a man not just a coach coach ham is you know he brought me into his office next day and just said listen i am so concerned about your health um you know i don't even care about you playing right now i want you to just make sure your brain is healthy and you get healthy and everything's going to be fine for you long term um and he said listen that's, I don't that's want you awesome to play. yeah i mean that's not there's not too many head coaches that that'll tell their starting quarterback Hey, and especially we had a chance. I still, I don't know if we had a chance to make a bowl. I think we did have a chance to get bowl eligible then. I was going to um, say coming down the stretch, I think it, so we finished the season five and seven and yeah. it, I don't remember what game it was down the stretch that was dropped. I think it might've been Eastern Michigan. I think we needed to be yeah, Eastern. Michigan. Michigan. It was Eastern. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, that did I not go right. Well. So no, but and, at, that, and that was hard to watch, but it was something that, um, you know, sitting in that position, knowing that we still have a chance to make a bowl and, and for him to say that it really showed me his true character. And it, I mean, he's just a really good person and really cares about you. And that's what, uh, I'm so grateful for. And, um, I just know that there's not too many head coaches out there that would do that. Um, yeah, and let alone exactly. say that and to, to make myself feel comfortable and to make me, cause he know, he knows I, I felt so guilty. You know, I wanted to be out there so bad. I mean, come on. Especially at you the know, quarterback so, position. So it's, you know, for him to do that, because he knew I needed it, and it was not, you know, not just because of the hit, but more so because of just how the hits that happened so – there are concussions that happened so close together. Um, and he just said, listen, but I really want you to – I really want to make sure that you're our quarterback for next year, and if you keep getting hit like that, it looks like you might not play or could never exactly, play Exactly, so yeah. I just want to make sure that you're going to be good and also just good after football. And that was a really big thing for me. It was, it was, it gave me a lot of comfort and it gave me, um, you know, I don't know. It's just a reassurance of loyalty. You know, it's, you know, I haven't, um, had the easiest career and, you know, there's been a lot of self-inflicted wounds, but you know, that I'm not trying to, you know, put blame or, or act like it, none, none of it's my fault, you know, but there's been times where I feel like coaches have, you know, not given me a fair shot or have, hasn't been, haven't been the loyal coach that i've been you know searching for and it's not, so, not the guy that was talking it, real high in the in the family room to you and your mom and yeah, dad exactly. it wasn't the same energy exactly. we've heard that from exactly. other guests on our podcast whether not at northern i will say this disclaimer we have not heard that about yeah. any coaches at northern 
but on our Notre Dame podcast, we have heard that. So yeah, you know, and 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 that's you know, and that's not to badmouth anybody that I've ever worked with in the past. It's just that's how it's been, you know. And I get it's a business, and you got to go with whatever. So it's a tough thing, um, but now you're here, and you have arguably, I mean, from what you've you've said, it has only made you know, we've only heard good things about Coach Hammock. We've met him on a couple occasions. Uh, the pro day uh-huh. in the Western Michigan game, and he just seems like a super down-to-earth guy, family-oriented guy, and he seems really about you guys more than anything. And then, too, like you said, the talent we have here, what you guys have coming back for next season, and, and the recruiting. The recruiting is huge. I remember uh, when I was in the press conference, I asked him, I go, so when does the recruiting trip start? I was at the Western Michigan game. I'm like, the season's over, so when are we taking off on the recruiting trip? And honestly, like, Every time I log into Twitter, I know Ethan can attest to this, whether it's from our personals or the Huskies on tap account. It's like we're seeing a new Uh recruit, a new signing. You guys have been real busy. And I think, while it is unfortunate that we can't get the the spring practices, it's a a setback for everyone. So like you said, you know, it's Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where you got to be able to control what you can control and, and everyone in their individual cities, whether they're still in DeKalb or spread into different spots across the nation's got to work into their little uh, their little network and just find a buddy that'll let them into one of their gyms or you know go out and run. Exactly. Just whatever you can get done. Um, you can do social distancing and still run routes as long as you're not running the short stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they said that you know, you know, what's the call that good stuff? But you could say, you know, groups of ten or less, really. So it's not, you know, you don't really need to. You totally need a center and some receivers, yourself, you know. Yeah. So. Exactly. You can. Uh, you can get some people together and be outside and yeah, um, exactly. You're like, dude, I'm just trying to get better know. so we can win the Mac next year. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's so wide open. I mean, it, that's what it's the it's such a fun conference because the talent across the board and um, this each team is very similar. I would say like it's almost like everybody has a fair shot, you know, um, and that's what uh. That was so cool. That was such a cool thing about last year. That Even down the stretch. Yeah, yeah, last year. I mean, I saw a tweet <laughs> that like, we had a chance to make the max title, and I'm like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, that is – and it's like, that is so crazy that we even had a shot. Yeah, it's like either you season. win the Mac or no bowl game. It was it was wild. I was, I was yeah. a little salty, but I was like, yeah, that's the parody of the oh, Mac, yeah. and that's what you got to love about it. I know. That's, and that's what I was thinking, too. It's like, that is so cool that it's like we even have a shot to do that and and then I was just thinking for the next year just like imagine if we can just win those tight games or win those um you know those conference games that mean the most so it's going to be fun for us um getting back in those situations you know where a couple you know maybe last year where I turned the ball over or the defense couldn't get off the field or whatever the case was that we yeah. have another shot to go do that again. And now we have this experience as a team and as a group. Um, you and know, that's the one thing that's the most play. important part. Cause you guys have been there. And yeah. I honestly, like, I mean, five and seven, like, and this is no disrespect. I mean, it's the first year with a new head coach. Everybody knows how this goes in college football or in, in high mm-hmm. school or, or any ranks at that matter. It's usually like when you get a new coach, um, you usually want to try and see what the underclassmen have and, and we had a lot of good seniors, and there was a lot of good guys out there at that pro day that I expect to get their name called, whether it's in the draft or the UDFA route. But yeah. like you've spoken, you want to speak of getting the program to where you want it so that it's a powerhouse. And from everything that you know we've seen and, and understood, it, it looks like Hammock's going to be here for a while. So 
you touch on Coach Hammock. You talk about the man he is bringing you into his office following a concussion. You also talked about making sure that you felt right, making sure that you felt 100% before getting back into the game. And talk about that to like the younger kids, the, those peewee football players, those high school football players who feel that they need to get back into the game after a concussion, how important it is to sit out until you feel 100%, and how important is it to have a coach that knows his players and trusts his players' ability to make sure that they're 100% before they get back into the game? Yeah, I would just say my, you know, my only advice um, to a kid like that would be, you know, you're the only one that knows how your head feels. Um, you know, so if you really feel good and and actually, you know, don't have any symptoms, you know, honestly, like really don't have any symptoms, not even the slightest, you know, then, I, you know, then push it and, you know, get back in there and, um, you know, go for it. But, you know, I just, you know, I've had some a lot of conversations with doctors, with my parents, with coaches, just, you know, it's such a long term injury. You know, it's and that's how you have to think of it. That it's gonna, it could affect you, um, you know, way past when football ends. So it's something that you really don't want to mess with. You know, it's not like a sprained ankle when you just want to tape it up a little harder and tie your shoe tighter. It's, it's just not that. Um, you know, so my biggest advice would be, you know, there's no reason to come back earlier just because the team needs you or just because. Um, you know, that's what you want to do as a competitor. And trust me, I get it. I'm, I've been in their shoes now and it's, it's terrible. <laughs> and having to watch games on the sidelines, knowing because even when you feel pretty good, you know, and just knowing that you still have a couple symptoms, but you could probably get through them. You know, it's just such a dangerous risk. There are that, bigger things in life than the game of football. I love what I love football. Yeah. watching football, I love 100%. playing football, but there are bigger things, especially coming from, a college student like yourself, I mean, you're grinding in the classroom, you're grinding on the football field, but to put your brain over your competitiveness, I mean, that's huge. And I think that a lot of kids should be thinking of that as they yeah, play football just, and as they grow it's into always, football. I feel like it's always had the stigma, too, of, you know, it's, you know, it's such an easy way to, you know, get out of practice or it's such an easy way, you know, you can use it if you are just, like, you know, you don't want to do things or whatever, or like, that's like, you're being soft if you're, if you're saying that or that. And it's, you know, it's, I'm glad that the stigma, it has really been changed over the last couple of years, just with the research that's come out with more people going through the protocol and not pushing the limit and trying to actually let their brain heal. Um, you know, it, it's such a, it's a sport where you got to be tough. And I get that, you know, there's, there's a lot of times where you get, hit or dinged where you just got to get up i get that and but you know it's different with this brain man you only get one of them and it's something too that yep. it controls everything so it's you know if you take one hit wrong and then the next day you want to get back out or the next rep and want to get back out and do it again what if you get hit wrong again and then what happens you just don't know it's like a it's like a you series know? of Ooh. small car accidents you know with the yeah. force that those but, guys are coming in at and the way you're getting hit yeah. or even if it's pinging if your head's hitting off the ground too when your head hits off the ground that's a lot of times where you see the concussions but yeah so uh-huh. it's it's it really it's is. rough but i would say this you know just for all the moms or for all the dads that are worried about putting their son or and, and, you know, even daughters are playing, though, which is so cool to see. So just to even put your child in football 
you know, I, you know, not to be discouraged. You know, I, I think you can get a concussion walking down the street if you happen to slip and fall. You know, it, you, it can happen to anybody. Now I get that. Now our sport is a little bit more violent and a lot more contact. I get that, but I think it's not something to be afraid of. You know, I just think it's something you got to be honest with and monitor. I just, I don't think it should ruin the game or it should ruin the sport, especially with all the rule changes. I mean, there's so much rules being implemented nowadays and the refs are calling it so close um, just with targeting or with ducking your head or, you know, what, what a lot of people don't realize is there's so many plays that don't get flagged, but refs are coming over talking to you. Hey, that looked close. Hey, that's too close. Hey, that's not, you know, that, so they're really trying to keep our safety at a premium. Um, and when that, and that gives me hope, you know, cause everybody, I remember when that, uh, what's it called that concussion movie and that doctor came out and all this stuff and everybody, Oh, football is going to probably be canceled. And it's like, okay, like, you know, yeah, take what, it maybe, easy. You're right, maybe you're right. Maybe you're wrong. But at the end of the day, you can go get a concussion slipping and falling down the stairs. Yeah. So I've been like, concussed in a car accident. I mean, that was self-inflicted yeah, I mean, on my too. end, but any different way yeah. you can get it. And that's what I'm saying. So it's so, you know, you got to trust in the fact that, you know, you're putting your child in a in a situation. Yeah, they are going to get hit, and yes, it is a violent sport. But you're going to have to make sure they're honest with other with their doctors or with their trainers or coaches when something like this if something like this does happen. You know, I've played I've played contact football since I've been in fifth grade, and this is this was the first time I've ever had a diagnosed concussion. You know, and yeah, I, I can only imagine how many uh, years down the road. You're absolutely right. I think that stigma is changing. And I agree with you 100% that it's for the best for the future athletes and, and even the current athletes that are growing up and playing football right now. You don't have the NFL yeah. or college football without the players, so player safety should be at a premium, like you said. Most definitely. Most definitely. And I, and I think just as an ending point, what I'd like to say is, too, it's really – it comes down to the player. You have to be honest. We are, you know, to play football and to play any sport, really, you have to be tough, you know, and you have to be able to shake things off. You know, but being the tough guy or or tough girl, it doesn't make sense when you're talking about your brain. You know, exactly. And too, like, like you I said earlier, I get shaken off a you know, I get shaken off a wrist injury or a, or an ankle or whatever. You know, but you only get one yep. brain, and you and you realize that, or at least I have through this process, man, it can really affect everything. Yeah. You know, so it's absolutely. Um, absolutely. And too, like you, you said be, too, you it's like honest. it affects. It affects performance, too, a lot of times when you're out there, you know, trying to be that quote-unquote tough guy fighting through some stuff. And, you know, last year last year, and even this year, we do have capable backups. And you saw Marcus go out and win a couple yeah. games down the stretch last year, and he won the MAC in 18. So best of luck to him where, he, I was where, say, where he lands. Go ahead, I, e. uh-huh. I was going to say even, uh, even Michael Love came in and threw a touchdown there. Uh, yeah. The Husky you, special. You, like, you, talked about the, you talked about the depth. And that was awesome. I don't know. I think we we've got some depth at the quarterback position too, behind you, obviously. But oh, most definitely, most definitely. In the in the additions we have now with Andrew Hayden and um, Dustin Fletcher, you know, it's been awesome. You know, those guys can sling it, and they also give a great added element to the team. You know, they're all they're good leaders within their own right, um, and just good people, man. It's fun to have good guys in the group. You know, it was tough losing Anthony and tough losing Marcus, you know, cause they're good dudes and also good quarterbacks. So it's, it's, it was not easy losing them, but we were, you know, we got two good guys coming in that have been great additions, um, you know, and then not to um, leave out Mariano. I mean, he's made 
probably the most progress out of all of us. I mean, that I was going to say, I, so I heard Ham, I heard Hammock talking very highly of him up at Pro Day. So I'm excited to see yeah. that room. But take us, okay, so take us through your first game as an NIU Husky back at the beginning of the year against Illinois State, in which that game you ended up finishing with 299 yards, 20 at 23, and two touchdowns. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was one of those moments that was so weird, you know, just because it, it finally was there. You know, I was thinking about it for so long, and, um, you know, it was it was kind of an emotional day for me, just not, you know, it was so it was just wild for me because I just didn't know if I was ever going to get a chance to play again. Didn't know if I was ever going to be trusted to play again. And, you know, and there was just so many times and so many days going through that whole transfer process where you didn't know if it was going to work out. And, um, and then even, you know, getting to school here, you know, not having a chance, you know, you weren't just given the position, which is awesome. I, I, I felt good having to earn it. And that's, and I think that's why coach Ham is respected, you know, but, um, happened to go through another quarterback battle, you know, and that was good for me. And, um, you know, so just having that unknown and uncertainty of not being, you know, are you going to be able to play? And, and then when you got the, you know, I got the call that I was going to play and, you know, then the question is, can I actually still play, <laughs> you know? So, um, you know, it was such a fun, fun day, um, for me personally, just getting back to the game, getting to play the game that I love. And, um, it was such a fun experience just because it felt like it was like my first game again. Like, you know, um, it felt like it was so long since I actually had a chance to just play um, and not have to worry about, um, you know, are they going to pull me or am I injured? Like happened to, yeah. whatever it was. Such How a, long it was, was the so, gap, the gap between your last snap at Cal and your first one at NIU? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I got pulled, I started the first game at Cal in 2018 and then, and that was against North Carolina, but then was yanked after like the third possession. Um, and then that was like my last, that was my last time playing a game. So that since the first game of that last of the season before last season. So, okay. So about two, time. about two calendar years. Yeah. It, it, it like it, at least uh, a full season. Um, that is, yeah, that's and like then, an eternity as a football player, though. We know that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially you know, at the quarterback, quarterback position, too. Yeah. That's what I think. It's, you know, we get a lot of praise and this and that for being the hardest position in sports or whatever. And I, you know, I, I think every position is hard. Don't get me wrong. You yeah. know, I just think our position is it's the hardest to practice. Because you can't you can't emulate getting nailed. <laughs> you can't emulate a, a, you know you can't, emulate, you can't you can't mock up a drill where there's rushing you know rushing happening and then you get whacked as you're throwing. You know, well, it's just not well Ross, happen. let's let's be honest here. Let's call a spade a spade. When was the last time you actually got whacked in practice? Uh, I mean, no, I've, I've never really gotten hit in practice, but I, I you know how I broke my <laughs> See, thumb. so you can't emulate that, you know. No, yeah. Well, it's funny. The one time, the last time I actually did really get hit in practice is when I broke my thumb, and it was the first week in fall camp of uh, two seasons ago. And that's I was playing with a broken thumb, and through that whole camp, and then all the way to the North Carolina game. Yeah, because um, usually it's just like was, thud, it's like thud, right? Like it's just like run up, wrap, and then see you later. Yeah, and even for quarterbacks, it's usually stay the hell away. <laughs> You yeah, know, so I was gonna know, say you can you can emulate the rush play. all you want to. 
You can yeah, you that's what I'm saying. Practice, but you but know there's something in the back of our minds. You know, you're not getting hit. <laughs> you've been you know, so you've been social distancing in practice for years. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I've been practicing that for years. That's good stuff. Like, stay out of my personal space bubble. But yeah, I need I at mean, least six inches. Thank you. Exactly. So no, e- Ethan's the one who who wanted to ask this one. So I'll let him ask this one, but. In regards to the flips, Ethan, take it away on the flip question. I was just about to ask you the same question. You're talking about keeping six inches away, but it seems like you can jump six feet in the air in the end zones lately. Man, you guys are giving me way too much credit, man. If you saw my vertical jump, you'd be laughing laughing to yourself. All right, because I needed to make sure I got the correct game. And I went back and watched it, and I was like, damn, he really did get off the ground. He did it against Washington I State too, the, and in and in high school. I, I get think, like a playoff. I get yeah, the that was our state title game. But you got you got pads on. You got all that stuff on. <laughs> well, um, you know, and you so do I have, have a basketball I, background too, right? Yeah, I played in high school, but I wouldn't call myself a basketball. I mean, the people who watched me play basketball wouldn't consider me a basketball player. <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> but what's it called? I have. Um, so I've had access to a gymnastics gym pretty much my whole life with my mom being a gymnastics coach. Um, and think about as, you know, a six, seven, eight, nine, ten year old kid, you know, what's better to go with a buddy or two and jump on the trampoline into a foam pit or, you know, running around the mats and pads all, you know, for six, seven hours a day. And, you know, that's, so that's what I grew up doing and bringing a football with you, you know, so that was always something that was a part of my life. Um, and just got so used to being in the air, you know, and I know that's how weird that sounds, but I was, I got, uh, I loved always jumping on the trampoline and, um, you know, you'd set up like a, like a big mat or whatever on the edge of the trampoline and have to jump over it, dive over it, or throw your buddy a pass to, you know, catch, you know, make a diving catch or whatever the, you know, whatever the game we created at that time with our imagination. Um, and I think that's really where I got comfortable in the air and like having a, and, and awareness, I guess you could say, and um, and that's always kind of You're been definitely a big where trick shot guy, aren't you? Big like jumping oh, on yeah. the trampoline, dunking three sixties. Oh yeah, the yeah, slam ball. I can do that. For, oh, yeah. I can do that. Slam for ball. Hours. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be my next professional player. If that's still going on, that's, if that's still going on, I might go dabble in that after football. We'll see. So, so were you but, guys um, running the uh, the helicopter corner of the end zone play at, at the trampoline facility? Oh yeah, We've, I've been practicing that, that jump and flip for years, man. That's that's been uh, and it's just been funny that I've had a chance to actually do do a couple in games and yeah, um, several. You know, very, I, I kind of feel like we got robbed as hurt. children because we used to do the same stuff over here. Oh yeah, <laughs> if you lived on the same block as us, maybe Ethan and I could have played like D three if we got lucky. That's hey, that's a good ball. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm still, I'm still pretty small, man. <laughs> well, we can't it's go to right. the weight room, bro. I know. That's true. I'm, I felt like I've been so lucky. My dad has access to this high school weight room out here. I've been stealing reps. It's been so nice. I've been so lucky. That's absolutely but, uh, a blessing. When was the first time you pulled the, uh, the flip out in the game? Yeah. So I had always thought about it to be honest like and uh, you know my brother and I you know I'd be daydreaming and talking you know I, I'd always you know thought about doing it or you just never really had a chance 
um, you know, that just naturally came about, um, you know, but then, um, my senior year, um, you know, we're in our, we're in our state title game and, um, you know, we finally got down close to the goal line and, you know, my dad always has a joke, but he's right that, you know, pretty much every quarterback gets, gets antsy to run once you get inside that 10 or five, <laughs> you know, so you want to go, uh, I've seen Brandon plays you in NCAA. I can confirm that quarterbacks get antsy inside yeah. the 10 yards. Yeah, hammer the over on yeah. like 15 carries for my quarterback. It could it could be <laughs> literally anyone. I'm always it. running. I, I don't know if you it, tuned but, uh, in. I don't know if you tuned in the other night, but uh, we put it on Northwestern in the live stream. So that was that's that was lit. Yeah, I should keep it up on Twitter. That's awesome. That looks that's been fun. It's been that's a downtime. We got it. We got to keep the people entertained, and luckily Ethan got, like, a jailbroken <laughs> roster. So the roster is from 2019, so it's last season's roster. Wow. So, That's and awesome. and and let me tell you this. I uh, So the first night I tried to run the, progr- uh, the simulation, what I was trying to do was simulate last season so that it cycled out all the seniors and it gave everyone a year to develop. I spent uh-huh. at least a half hour on each simulation, and both times you were drafted as a junior. So... Not saying Let's anything, go. but just saying. <laughs> I'm glad at, the, at least I have a vir- I, hey, I'm glad I at least have a good virtual draft stock. Now we exactly. can make it real. <laughs> virtual Mel Kuyper was hitting your line, but yeah, I, I at that point I was like, you know what? I'm just running this 2019 rosters, and I'm gonna have to adjust the depth chart. So that's yeah, what we're on at that point. I thought I'd let that's you know, though. Stuff. I always let everyone know what's going on in the world of NCAA football 14 <laughs> because we can't get a new game like. We're figuring out a way to get you guys some money. Let's just NCAA stop being greedy. Let's cut the check, get these guys on the game, and give everyone what they want, right? Especially during this. Yeah. Time. I don't know. That was such a fun. I mean, NCAA 14 has been like I've been playing that for what six years now. So it's like it'd be nice to have a little updated version. That'd be fun. Just a master. Well, Se- several. Seasons. What would you rate yourself if NCAA came out with a new video game? Or what would you be okay uh, I mean, with? I guess asking you asking you to rate okay, yourself is kind of tough. Right, where, where would you be okay with? I would be okay with somewhere in the 80s. You know, I'm I'm realistic. You know, I'm not I'm not the guy that you know I, I should be 99. And, you know, <laughs> no, I'm not, you know, I think it's somewhere in the 80s. I think if it dipped down in the 70s, that would be a little disappointing. Yeah, you're like I gotta go out and show out in week one so I can get the uh, the updated two points. Yeah, most definitely. That's always oh, fun, definitely. though, at the beginning of the NFL season, though, when you just see all the players on Twitter, like, damn, they robbed me. <laughs> yeah. The Bears, yeah. the Bears, like, had, like, what was it, Ethan, last year? It was, like, Tariq Cohen and, like, a couple other guys all in the same video. Was, like, they damn. they lined up, like, seven guys and just put on Twitter <laughs> that they were unhappy with their Madden ratings. And like, yo, acted, get back like, to no, practice, man. Something about it. Yeah, get back to practice. <laughs> Uh, All right, so I got to ask you. have none of that. Yeah, none of that. Get away from the cameras. Huskies on tap. Leave us alone. We'll meet you after practice. There you go. But can you teach two out-of-shape podcasters how to flip into the end zone? I don't know when we'll get the next chance yeah. to flip it out in the game, whether it'll be some, like, adult flag league or something, but is this possible? <laughs> oh, it's, anybody can do it. If I can do it, anybody can do it. Trust me. It's uh, you just got to be a little crazy, I say. You got to not really care about the, the outcome. You just got to make sure you hold on to that ball. <laughs> so is that one of those situations where you know how sometimes naturally you just close your eyes? Or are you just jumping in the air and just praying or what? No, it's, it's you know, what's funny is, 
you know, I've kind of gotten creative with it. So it's like I've switched the ball over, like, while I'm in midair to kind of make sure they don't hit the ball out. Um, you know, and I always try to land on my feet if I can. Um, you know, if um, like the one in high school, that went out. That was probably the, you know, most, like, the kind of perfect how it happened, just kind of getting my yeah. leverage and then, like, kind the, of, like, hanging on that guy. It was, the like, the wazoo one, you, like, curb stomped a guy. Like, hate to be on yeah. the strip for that one. That guy might have gotten cleaned yeah. in the chest or something. But, yeah. hey. That, yeah, they got me on that one pretty good. But Did you roll your ankle up on now. that one? No, everything was fine, you know, luckily. Stuck the landing, um, 8.5. Yeah, well, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that all day. But, uh, <laughs> um, what's it called? Oh, the Utah flip wasn't very graceful. I was, like, going back and watching it. I was like, yeah, oh, that didn't look very athletic. But, uh, you know, we got to make a little bit more grace and make it a little easier on that tailbone next time, huh? But, uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, that was, you know, that was not, the first play of tape you watched the next week, right? Oh yeah, well it was all over Twitter and you know all that stuff. So it was, um, you know, I didn't even have social media at that time, so it was funny just you know all the guys on the bus. You know, we were all so disappointed that about the loss, but you know after a couple hours passes, everybody kind of gets back in their you know normal mindset and not as mad and angry and sad. So on to the next match. Right, kind of enjoy, yeah, we got a chance to enjoy that as a team. That That's twenty twenty four hour rule after a loss, you know how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I got to ask, what was life like before social media for you? Because you said you came on it recently, but how do you, or how do you, I mean, I've always, you notice a lot more athletes that stay off Twitter. Yeah, I've pretty much always been on social media, uh, but it's, uh, uh, you know, I was a big Instagram person. I really liked that. Um, You know, I really enjoyed you know, just I'm more of a visual rather than wanting to hear what you have to say. <laughs> so, you know, that's why I never really had Twitter. And so we um, should be thankful that he's ha- he's happy to have or to hear what we have to say most of the time, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say that. I guess you could say that. But uh, no, I just I got to the point. Um, you know, when I decided to transfer um, from Cal and all that stuff, and I think it was like late November. Um, you know, I just became, I kind of got in a dark place, man, mentally. And it, it was something where I started comparing myself to other people so bad. Like, um, and, you know, you're not, po- and people aren't posting their dark moments, <laughs> you know. So I'm only seeing the best of the best and happy and everybody's doing so great. And it, it really just got to me, to be honest. Um, and it was something I felt like I really got obsessed with of looking at. And I really, and it was funny, I I went on to look at my like weekly activity or whatever. And that was really the only social media app I was using at the time. Um, But it said I was on like my screen time just for Instagram alone was around like 23 hours a week. And I'm like, Oh my God, like if I just say, if I get this app out of my life, I could gain an entire day back on my week, (laughs) you know? And, you know, yeah, absolutely. And people get, and like you said too, like people get wrapped up in like, no one's going to show you the dark times. No one's going to show you what's going no, wrong in their no, life. Nobody, They're just going to flex for the grand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, bro, you know, you I mean, know dude, you, you've played football your whole life. How many pictures do you see, whether it was Saturday morning or Sunday morning, and, and said poster of the picture, their team just got bopped by like 40. Yeah. And they're yeah. throwing a picture on the grand. Like, come on now. No. We got on TV about that this year for the Bears. Like, yo. Shaheen, you have not done anything. You cannot be going on Instagram, bro. Not allowed. 
<laughs> I hear you. It's uh, it's funny that some people, you know, do and I think it was just something for me I had to realize, you know, one, I could gain back all that time during the week. And two, I think it was really good for me um, just to get away from it. You know, I was so wrapped yeah. up in comparing myself, and it just wasn't good for me. It was causing me to just be insecure and, you know. It was Especially in that transfer time, need. too, because everyone yeah, starts to definitely. talk. Everyone starts to talk in the media, especially during, like, a transfer time. And that's one thing that, like, Ethan and I, no matter what, we always stay away from. We never want to be putting out, like, articles or any pieces like that that are against you guys. Because at the end of the day, when a player transfers, and we've had quite a few transfers that we've had on our podcast, it's like you have to look at it like this. From a situation where it's not conducive to you either going to the pro leagues, which in in my opinion, you know, you have what it takes. But if you're sitting on someone's bench, you're not going to get seen by any scout. It doesn't matter. I mean, you see some of these, like, DBs and linebackers and stuff at, like, Bama and Clemson that just kind of got by on the bench and they're still getting a shot. But for the most part, yeah. if, if, especially at the quarterback position, if you're second string and you're not playing, you know, your senior year, your fifth year, you might as well figure out what you're going to do with your degree because you're not going to be playing in the NFL. Oh, definitely. Know? Yeah. Hey, there's so, only I mean, one Matt Castle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, no, but, I'm I mean, you, you made the best of it. And, and you know, this, this last season you didn't get the full – you know, you played, I think, when I looked at the college football reference in nine games. But I want to ask you, you know, you mentioned the receivers early in the podcast – Name one receiver on the team that may not be a household name yet, but Husky fans should be looking out for this guy this upcoming season. Yeah, I would say, you know, when you when you say when you say household name, you know, would you uh, you know you'd consider the Cole Tuckers and the Tyrese Richies and I would say her, we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll do uh, someone that may not have necessarily like seen the field yet, someone that you've seen okay. like putting right. in work and practice, or maybe as an underclassman that. That hasn't contributed yet. I should have worded that that, that yeah. better. That was on me. Okay, no, I got you. No, you're good. No, I, I, I hear you. Um, you know, I think somebody that's going to have a really good year for us is going to be Mohamed Ture. I really do. I think he he comes to work every day, you know, just with a great mindset, with good energy. You know, everybody on the team really loves being around him. Um, you know, but I think what really separates him is just his toughness, you know, his, his ability to get, you know, make a big catch or a tough catch while having a corner on him or having, uh, or knowing that he's going to get hit or, um, you know, just having that fearless mentality. Um, you know, so I'm really expecting, you know, big things from him and I, you know, I know he's expecting big things from himself, but, um, you know, I think he could have a really good year for us, um. And I think it, it could be his, you know, quote unquote, or quote unquote, breakout year, you know, or, um, you know, and becoming a household name. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing, um, you know, how his career unfolds this year for him. I'm excited for him. Is there anybody on the defensive side that you uh, I know you didn't touch on the defense a little bit earlier, but same question for the defensive side of the ball from your perspective. Yeah, um, if I had to guess, I would say Mark Aiken would have a nice breakout year. You know, he was having such a good fall camp at corner um, before um, his injury um, early in the season. And that was, you know, so devastating for us um, just to see how hard and how well he was playing and how hard he was working. Um, and then just for it to get cut short, um, you know, but it's been fun to watch him from a distance 
you know, just with him going through all his rehab and, um, you know, it's tough to stay in it mentally and, you know, and let, you know, especially when your body's not responding the way you want it to. And, um, you know, I think he's done a great job of staying locked in, um, and really, you know, just maintain and not maintaining, but getting better, you know, while going through this process, you know, whether that be getting extra reps in the, in the training room, trying to get better, or, you know, I've seen him get extra reps in the weight room and, um, you know, and I'm, and I know, I just know, um, I know what he brings to the table as a corner, just, um, having him just being, you know, getting reps against him in practice. And, um, you know, the guy's a ball hawk, man. He, he has a different type of sense for the game. You know, he, he has that kind of it factor. I think you look for in corners that they can just sniff something out before it happens or see it before it really happens. Um, you know, and he has that. It says a lot um, coming from the quarterback, too. That I was going to say, like, stop jumping my routes, bro. <laughs> yeah, hey, dude, I'm, I, was, I was tired of throwing out routes against him. That's for sure. So, uh, the most dangerous, yeah, be... the most dangerous route to throw, because if that if that cornerback gets his hands on it, see you later. Um, I would say he's going to have a great year. You know, you just, you know, at the end of the day, it's for every, it's like everybody else. You know, you just got to get some good luck with your health and, you know, and just, you know, keep on that same path of working hard so that you kind of feel like you've earned the right to play well, you know. And There's a lot of positives. You've talked about it a lot throughout this podcast. You just mentioned two top players that seem to have really bright futures with the program. Can you mm-hmm. tell Husky fans what they can expect for this upcoming football season? Yeah, I think this upcoming season – will be really good for really a positive step um, for the program. Um, you know, we, we graduated a lot of guys, um, you know, that um, we could really use, you know, like losing firm, losing Steckler, you know, that's the guys like that is, you know, those are huge losses, you know, but we've had really good people behind them that have seen how those guys work, you know, and see how those guys play, you know, and, and are ready to step up. And, uh, you know, and also it's such an advantage, too. It feels like we have almost like everybody back on offense, you know. So it's been so nice that we get year two together and have a chance to fix mistakes that we know we've made, um, you know, and be able to build, you know, our relationship more and more and our connection. And uh, and now that we've experienced, you know, we've experienced the glory and we've experienced the pain together, um, you know, so we kind of – you know, really epitomize, I think, what the hard way is because we've learned the hard way. <laughs> you know, exactly. Right. I was going to say Absolutely. the glory, yeah. the glory, the pain, and the shit ton of rain. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, I think from this, what to expect from this year, you know, I'm not the type to guarantee wins or what, you know, all that crap. I don't think that's what you'll see on the field is you'll see a team that's really came together. It'll be so much. It'll be so much fun to watch because we're having so much fun playing together. And how many how many guys truly love playing the game? I was gonna say you talk about that togetherness. If you spend even ten fifteen minutes with this team, you'll see it. Like you guys are seem almost like all best of friends. Like when we were out there at the pro day, Ethan and I were not necessarily surprised, but just to see the amount of support from the guys that are you know still currently in the program, giving that support to their, you know, their leaders that are, you know, trying to go after the NFL and these professional opportunities was great to see. Uh, but one thing I wanted to ask you too, so you played in, in the PAC 12, which you're from the West coast. So you, you know, you may necessarily 
have gotten used to that clock after you left Illinois. But what type of schedule do you prefer? The way the Pac-12 schedule is set up where you're kind of like that last night or the last game of the night, you're on at the bar, everyone's watching you out on Saturday night, or Tuesday, Wednesday, Maxion. Like, what would you say is more hectic or which one would you prefer more? I really prefer, like, honest to God, I really prefer Maxion. Love it. Let's go. Just for the just yep, for the reason, like the Pac-12, like the late night Pac-12, you don't get home on away games until like five in the morning, and they expect you to get up at like nine a.m. class, like nine a.m. meetings <laughs> the next day. Yeah, you know it's not I mean? any like, different though. I mean, you get back late on a Wednesday night, and then you got class the next morning. I had a few, I had a class with a few of the football guys on uh, Thursday, so you played that yeah, Wednesday game. Come back that Toledo Thursday. game. I just prefer it because our coaches are forced to be smart with us because, you know, if you're not, it's going to be tricky because with such a short week of preparation and recovery that um, you really, you know, if we did get home late one night or whatever, you know, they, they would really have to be smart the next day and really help us out. And that was so much nicer than, you know, you get home just like, you know, when the sun's rising Sunday morning and they expect you to get up in a couple hours. Like that was so not, not for me. I it's just not possible. It's and not too, good for an athlete, you know. And what's yeah, and what's cool too, if you're talking about just the uh like when you were saying sitting in a bar and everybody's watching you, that's you know, that's only on the west coast. There's nobody on the east coast staying up for those Pac twelve games. You know, so far uh, and, and if they are it's very <laughs> yeah, it's very rare. I mean it's very rare. You know, there's just not a lot of people that on the east coast or even the Midwest that one even care about Pac-12 football, but two would stay up, you know, to two, three in the morning just to see the end of the game. Well, you see that you know, when so. the when the draft process rolls around and people are like, oh, well, I haven't seen enough of Jacob Eason, or I haven't seen enough of enough of Anthony Gordon, or some of these Pac-12 quarterbacks that you know fall uh-huh. victim to playing part. You know, you're saying if you look at it from the East Coast perspective, and I don't know who made the East Coast the superior one, and that's the one that everyone goes off of, but. For whatever reason, it's not that these these guys aren't, you know, not top prospects, but they are sort of kind of missed on because people aren't necessarily always staying up for them. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's a uh, I will say Pac-12 you know, just, basketball with Bill Walton is all time, though. That's a good late night watch. No, <laughs> yeah, not. he's a little he's entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> he said, no, it's not. Hey, he'll uh, uh What's it called? He did a couple of games at Berkeley and all that stuff, wearing his tie-dye shirt and his uh, moccasins. <laughs> and his sunglasses. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it was fun seeing him and how relaxed and comfortable he was. It was funny. That's absolutely nuts. What is, uh, what's your favorite college stadium that you got to play in? And this could go for whether it was your time at Cal or NIU. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. Man, I really, you know, I've played in a lot of cool stadiums and, but that Nebraska game was real, so cool. I mean, that stadium is unreal. Just pregame and then you guys did come out pretty strong in the in the first half. Like it it wasn't mm-hmm. like a, an, a, a total onslaught. Like you guys definitely were hanging in there yeah, for a good did, portion of the like, game. Per, I feel like personally, I just missed so many throws that if they, you know the game could have went differently if I hit those. So it was yeah. a. Uh, absolutely, but you you're know, gonna but, have you you're know, gonna I have think, your chances this yeah. year. I mean, with the Iowa game, the Most Maryland definitely. game. And that BYU game, I think it's a good game, a good opportunity. And and, and we always talk about it on this podcast. We're not scheduled. You know, we're already a group of five, so we're not considered in that, like, powerhouse group of schools. So when we get a chance to play teams from, like, the Big Ten and stuff like that, like you guys played Vandy last year, went down the wire with Vandy, I think almost down to the last possession. 
you guys are always playing good opponents and you're playing them relatively competitive to the point where I'm pretty sure the last time we went to Kinnick, we came away victorious. So hopefully yeah. we can do some, some of those, some of those upsets, hopefully on the horizon for us this year. But Ethan kind of, kind of itched at it, but what are you looking forward to most about this upcoming season? You know, honestly, just some redemption, you know, it feels like last year, um, there were so many things I would do differently. Um, you know, and I'm not even speaking, uh, and totally on the field. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm so excited that we have a chance to get a do over, um, you know, that not most grad transfers get, you know, so I'm just so thankful that I have this next year, um, personally, but also so thankful as a team that we get each other, that we have a chance to come back together and do this. Um, you know, cause we felt like as a team, we left so many opportunities out there and, and, uh, you know, there's just so many things that we've done differently this off season already that we know we're going to be more successful, you know, just because of the way we're working and the way that we've came together, um, you know, and just the sacrifice. I mean, we're, this team is really, I can, you know, we can honestly say that to each other now that we're really sacrificing everything to be the best versions of ourselves and um, trying to put the best product out there on the field that we can. You know, and that's why I think we were so itchy for spring ball, man. That's, you know, it was going to be so fun to get better, Um, you know, and that's what uh, it'll be a good challenge, though, now for us, you know, like because, you know, what you do in the dark always comes to light. And it's going to be fun to see uh, once, you know, once we're allowed to come back and start, you know, start up again to see what everybody was doing, you know, and and I think, you know, and I can really trust um, and I think everybody can, too. Um, on my end, just, you know, with where we're going, you know, even if you might not be seeing, you know, all the work or seeing what's going on or hearing about whatever, you know, we just know, I think this team is so much hungrier, um, you know, and just, um, I wouldn't say embarrassed of last year, but just, just felt like we missed a lot of opportunities that we should have capitalized on. And we know now how to fix those, you know, we have a great staff that is, you know, not just saying, well, just play better. Well, okay, well, how? <laughs> you know, so it's... Exactly. Right. And, and they're putting you in the best position to win, which is what exactly. you want out of a coach. You know, exactly. And it's been Should so be the definition. Take exactly. So it's been so fun for me to be able to learn from my mistakes and then, the, you know, and then and still having them want me. <laughs> you, know, so <laughs> you know, it's been fun. Uh, and so rewarding, you know, I feel, I feel like I could, I've used, overused the word fun, but it really is, man. I and mean, they've, they've really put the fun back in football for me, this team has. And it's been so, you know, I can't thank them enough, you know, and that's all I, and I feel like the best way to thank them is by just making sure that the quarterback's ready to go every Saturday, man. And then when Maxon hits, whether it's Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, be ready for that day. You talk about the team coming closer together, too, and you've been here for a full year now, so with how fun this group is who are the best friends that you have on this team oh yeah i mean like mitch brinkman jack heflin you know cj perez those were kind of the first guys when they well they didn't even know me and they showed up to help me move in if that tells you kind of what type of people they are <laughs> you know they helped me move all my stuff out of the u-haul before they even shook my hand you know, so that's, you know, shows you kind of what that does say. That are. says a lot, man. I, I was going to say, you're yeah, going to be those... owing them some TVs uh, after next May. <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, that's definitely true. That's definitely or true. Or that but, just uh, means you're going to help them move out later, right? 
Exactly. Exactly. I'll, I always will owe him one. That's for sure. But um, that's got to feel you know, reassuring, I, 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 though, having your line and your tight, you know, some of your linemen and your tight end, like that's our quarter. That's my quarterback. Like before you even get there. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. And you know, and I've made so many good relate. I mean, I've had so many good relationships built with so many guys. But you know, guys like Daniel Crawford and you know Marcus Cox and Tyrese Ritchie and Dennis Robinson and Jiren Mitchell and and there's I could I mean the list can go on and on and on. I mean, and then you know the quarterback room has gotten so close. You know, Mariano and Andrew and Dustin have become such good buddies of mine and. You know, it's it's a you know I can genuinely say we enjoy each other, and you know I don't think a team I don't think a lot of teams around the country can actually genuinely say that, even though they do. You know, it's we well, actually enjoy too. being around each other and working together, and and that's made the work so much easier and so much more fun. You know, we gotta have Coach fun Hammock doing is, it. Coach Hammock is big on Twitter about having dinners, and that basement looks incredible, by the way. Oh, yeah, he's got picture. some jer- – I mean, he's got jerseys all over the place of big names now. It was so fun when he had us over. He's the biggest crazy. football guy I know for sure. But who's the best Madden player? I know you guys get down on the Madden sometimes when you go over to Coach's house. Who's the best player on the team? Like, no question me. Objectively? <laughs> <laughs> now, what's funny is I've uh, – like I'm the like I'll probably be the biggest talker and like I you know I'm like when I'm saying about my Madden skills and this and that you know but I haven't really put them to the test against the team so I can't really talk yet I need to go you got your uh, your red your red practice penny on like yo you can't touch me yeah. either <laughs> you know you know Rod Darius has been challenging me to a game for a couple months now and he probably thinks I'm running so I need to go play him and prove myself but uh we can definitely no, sponsor man. that if uh we can yeah, make that happen let's make that happen yeah and i was gonna yeah, say we too might, we need to if you need a little bit more time if you have an xbox we can just say the servers are down yeah i'm with you that's good <laughs> stuff i'll keep practice i haven't had my xbox my xbox is in DeKalb, so it's probably been good for, i'm sure my girlfriend loves that so <laughs> beep <laughs> We yeah. we can get it to a UPS as quick as possible for you, Russ. Just, <laughs> just send us the that address. Would be clutch. No, we got that's you. Good stuff, that's good stuff. So on the topic of video games, free time, what are some of your top five? We'll, we'll go top five quarantine movies that you've watched so far during this quarantine, if you've even gotten Dang. five. No, I was going to say, I haven't gotten to five, but. The last two movies I've watched, one, I mean, I know if you guys have seen it, you're probably going to beat me up for just now watching it, but I just watched The Shawshank Redemption for the first time. Okay. I've oh, seen okay. that one, now, but I was a little bit younger yep. the last time I saw it, but it is yeah, a good movie. My, my dad just put me on that one. That's a great movie. I love that one. Um, And then I can't remember the name of it. It's on Netflix, but it's that new Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Um, where he's dealing with, like, he's trying to get revenge for, um, I don't want to be the spoiler alert if you do watch it, but he's trying to get revenge for um, his family that was actually killed. So that was, it I, sounds I like know, the I usual not, Schwarzenegger plot line. Yeah, it, yeah <laughs> the Terminator's back. But, uh, yes, <laughs> he's literally, like, the best, like, like, villain or, like, just, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's one of the best actors, and I feel like, we're kind of in that age group where we had him, you know, like in the Batman movies, and you even saw a little bit of the light side and jingle all the way. But shout out to Turbo Man, but he uh, he definitely was one of the good actors that we had growing up, and and to see that he's still getting out there is the is the Netflix movie like a recent recently filmed uh, flick, or is it a little bit of an older movie? Yeah, 
No, it's like 2020 or 2019 at least. Oh, it's brand new, brand new. Arnie really the Goat. Good. Yeah, really good. But that was the last two I've watched, and I was, I was, they were really entertaining. So those are the ones that got my recommendation. What is your favorite food spot back at Northern? Yeah, that's tough. I would, you know, Fatty's is always good, but I would say for my favorite, I would have to go with Fanatico's. I mean, that spot is a consistent hit, man. I mean, that is a. Uh, I think that's a new one. Dessert, I don't think we've gotten yeah. that one yet. Really? Yeah, I, think, I'll I'll think, think, think. I mean, that, that's a. That's a common place for everybody now, so that's funny they haven't brought it up. So, yeah, to this day, I think we've gotten Vinny's, we've gotten Fatty's, uh, we've gotten Fushiami, I think we had Los Rancheros, Lacey James, who was on earlier in the week, like uh, the, the our local Panda, which was a new one that we've heard. But... We got the Junction, too. The junction yeah, and the Junction, too. Oh, yeah. but I think the too. Junction was Spencer, yeah. Yeah, that meat lover skillet hits different. I love Junction. That's oh, yeah. Stuff, too. I just had me one of those a couple, of, like I think a week or two ago. So good. But we have really a lot of low-key diners the, like yeah. that, like breakfast places yeah. where it's just like it looks like it was literally like out of an old-school movie, and then you get in there and it's just a hit. Yeah, no, it's it's awesome, man. I'm, that's a, and like and what I love so much about Fanaticos, other than the food, man, is like the owner is such a good dude. You know, he's, you know, he's so like NIU football through and through that it's been so fun just to sit and have conversations with him. And, um, you know, it's just a, it's just a great spot, you know, that, um, you know, whenever, you know, it's whether you're getting it to go just for pickup or just going and sitting down and having a nice meal, it was really, it's always a good experience for me. So that's definitely my number one spot. Yeah. And that's definitely clutch to hear too, because I almost feel like, a lot of people don't really know too much about DeKalb, but I, I say it all the time, you know, without NIU, DeKalb really isn't the town that it is nowadays. And there's a lot of people that really embrace that football team for it, you know, necessarily, not necessarily just proximity, but it's just like, it kind of has that like small high school feeling. Like, I don't know, like in areas yeah. like Texas where it's like, the, the town's not necessarily shut down on game day, but I mean, you definitely would know cause you're getting ready for it. But it's yeah. it's quite a sight to see and, and one thing that Ethan and I talk about is if we can even just get a third of the people that are showing up renting all the U-Hauls and drinking all of the beer in front of the stadium to just come inside for a little bit it would give you guys a little bit more of a boost so that's definitely something that on our end we're looking to boost for you guys for next season but how do you handle how do you handle some of the um some of like the noise or like the pressure behind being a division one quarterback whether it was your time at Cal or at Northern Illinois, because like you said, the quarterback position is, is one of the toughest positions in all of sports, but that position is the position that receives the most criticism, I would say. Yeah. Um, and, and rightfully so, you know, we touch the ball every single play. And what I've always said is, you know, a quarterback can never win you the game, but we can definitely lose you the game, you know, and that's, um, I think that's why our position, I think gets so scrutinized and so criticized. So, um, you know, wait, you know, I've always been somebody that I, you know, I'm not the, you know, I'm not very sensitive and I'm not, um, you know, luckily haven't listened to the noise as much because I haven't, you know, been connected to it. You know, I have not having Twitter and, um, you know, not really paying much attention to all, you know, all the stuff, um, you know, that people post and reading all the, you know, articles and all that stuff. You know, that's just never been something I've enjoyed doing or really wanted to do. Um, but, you know, I've you know I've definitely had moments where you know that it'll you know, frustrate you or 
I'll, you know, I'll hear something that isn't true or, you know, that, that could get under my skin. But, you know, I think you just got to realize, you know, like they don't really know you, you know, and they don't really know what you're going through. And, um, you know, it's just their job to just kind of report on what they think or what they hear or whatever the case is. Speculation is the worst thing that you could possibly do, like in Ethan and I's field. And, and, and like I told you, that's why, like, even if it is something like pertaining to our team, like whether it's the bears, you guys or Notre Dame, like we really just try, like, it's just, it's not important for us. We really try to just highlight the, the good things about you guys. And, and, you know, even having you here on the podcast, it's, it's more of a, a deep dive into who you really are as a person, as opposed to just like, you know, the real cut and dry questions that you get from, you know, regular reporters. Sometimes they get a little bit more into it, but for the most part, everything is relatively scripted and around the same, basis of questions from uh i guess you would say traditional forms of media most definitely most definitely so one thing i wanted to ask you i know it was you know it was not necessarily a full season but you did get to play in nine games last year what were some you know we'll go top three what were your top three moments from last season yeah i'd say number one i was beating toledo that was a great moment for us you know and then i'd say getting that first win you know against illinois state that was just a great feeling as a team. And, you know, and, I, and our third and my third top moment from the year, what would be my top moment? I'm trying to think. That's a tough one. I didn't really. Uh, you're good. Everyone, that that and the and the best friend question is, like, always the the toughest one. And Definitely my, stumps him. Yep. My, my dumbass, my dumbass asked Lacey on Monday, and it's like you got 13 people to pick from. So there's going to be some hurt feelings, you know? Yeah, I'm with you. Um, you know, I'd, I'd say, you know, I always try to think team first, but personally, my, you know, my third favorite moment was just getting the, getting the start, um, telling, you know, getting that meeting with coach ham and, or just having him tell me, Hey, you're going to be playing. Like that was such a, just kind of like a moment that I was, I've been waiting for for, it felt like for so long. Yeah. And like you said, you know, when you answer, when you enter that transfer portal, you know, you don't necessarily know when when that next opportunity is going to happen or if there even is going to be that opportunity. So it's like you said, yeah. once you get it, you got to take it and go with it. Other, You know, because not too many times do you see an athlete, you know, transfer from one school and then transfer again. Like that's it's just not it's yeah. not really a thing. I, I, I know we get a lot more transfer students uh, coming to campus and for some reason there was an influx of people leaving campus this year. But again, that's that's their decision. And and they, you know, not necessarily crunch the numbers, but they looked at the pros and the cons and figured that they would be more of a service somewhere else. So we always wish the best of luck to those Huskies that moved on to different programs. But, you know, for a guy mm-hmm. like yourself to have the positive mindset that you do, um, to have the good, you know, the quality coaching staff, and, and you've spoken to the testament of how talented this team truly is, I really don't think that the MAC is aware of what NIU has coming for them. So it has a lot of us you know, here in Husky Nation, truly excited to see. And, you know, it is a little bit more postponed with no spring ball. But when you guys do hit the field, I do, you know, think that the the finished product is going to be something that, like you said, is going to be right up there with the best of the Mac. And it's come down the stretch to see who can, you know, really earn that trip to Detroit. Um, But going going into this upcoming season, I wanted to ask you this. Um, with it being your, you know, this is your last uh, eligible year to play college, right? Barring yes, any sir. crazy injury or anything like that. Yeah. 
Okay, so with this being your last year to cement your resume for your college career, what are some things that you know you have to do to make sure that you land on the radar of some professional scouts going, you know, going into the 2021 NFL draft? Yeah, I would, uh, I'd say the first thing is just win. You know, I have, that's something personally I haven't done, um, in college, um, as a starter, you know, just win games man. like win when it matters, win, when, you know, make plays in that fourth quarter or, or, you know, finish games or, um, you know, or just avoid games that, um, you know, that, are the killing let, the, the letdown game games. Are killing the yeah, let you know all those like avoid those games. You know, I've had I feel like I've had too many like one too many of those, and uh, you know I think to have a season where you know whether to you know I don't know what it's going to look like, but just to prove not not just to them or whatever, but really to the team that I can be a guy that you can lean on and really trust to get us in the right position to win and actually finish. Um, you know, that's something I'm really wanting to do. Um, so I think that would be the number one thing. And then, and I think the second thing is just changing my body. You know, I've always been skinny and I've always been, um, slow and not very explosive in this and that. So just trying to get bigger, stronger and faster, I think is my, uh, you know, those are the two biggest things I, I really need to work on and, we gotta uh, get... and, and have been, and have been working on, you know, so it's, it's yeah. been fun to, uh, you know, and it's been fun to see all the progress. Um, that I have made and, and will continue to make. I'm just excited to keep going. Um, you got to trust the process yeah. day day by day. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day, yeah. and NFL quarterbacks weren't built in a day or a lab per se. But what I do want to say, though, too, is like it's like you said, you know, it's team first. You know, at the end of the day, you realize, you know, if we're not winning football games, no one's going to come calling. So I think yeah. that's that's the most important thing. And and the thing is, is if you go out and you win football games and whether we win the Mac or not, and, and, you know, it shows on tape that you're out there, you know, being a leader, you're real cerebral, you have the awareness, the, you know, the mental awareness, you know, hey, when the pocket collapses, it's time to get up out of here. You said you're working on the speed aspect of it, the, um, you know, the, the weight training and as well as the nutrition. I got to ask you, um, you know, going into this combine, did you see the, uh, I think his name was Ben Barge, Ethan, correct me if I'm wrong. Did you see the smoothie? That that cat was drinking to gain weight for the uh, combine. Yeah, that was a mixture of things. Yeah, it was like it was like scrambled eggs, like grits, a Gatorade, like oatmeal, like all those like super carby foods. So what's I gotta ask you? What's like the craziest thing to this point that you not necessarily have had to do, but like the craziest uh, like smoothie or like food that you've had to eat to like gain weight as a as a football player? Man. So I was a huge pasta guy I mean, it, when I was bulking. Yeah, but pasta am, three yeah, times I'm a day a gets old. Guy, yep. Yeah. Oh, um, real quick. <laughs> I would say, I'd say like for something crazy I did um, a while ago was just go straight like brown rice, chicken, and like broccoli and uh, green beans and carrots, and like just doing that for like two straight months. That was tough. That wasn't very fun. Very just plain chicken too, like nothing. Like I would, uh, I allowed myself um, to get that Chipotle Tabasco sauce from Chipotle, and uh, okay. that was like the only thing I would really use for the chicken. Like, and I would just yeah. kind of dabble it, like on the chicken a little bit. But I gotta get that back was to like because I used to be to a meal, I used to be a meal prep guy myself, and it gets tough when you're like on yeah. day thirty six of chicken and rice in a row, and you're like, I just, just want to <laughs> eat a pizza with my boys, man. Like, I just want to get down yeah. on some wings. 
That's what I'm saying. That was my. That's the wings are always been my biggest thing. That's always been the cheap meal. It's just fat oh, yeah. and protein and a shit ton of sodium, I guess, if you look at it. But yeah, yeah not too bad. <laughs> but not, fat, not the worst for you. Mainly, mainly fat and protein, though, right? Yeah, mainly, mainly. But uh, <laughs> no, I think that it's been good for me now, just because I, I think that was I did that last year, and it ended up getting a little bit too uh, light, you know, on the weight side. So now I'm just trying to make sure I get as many calories as I can, but making sure those calories are healthy and, and good calories, you know, not just yeah, eating not the, the pizza. Not the quarantine. Oh, you sneak the occasional Big Mac every now and again. You know you do. <laughs> no, I really – I'll be honest. I've been really good about not eating fast food. and you know, What's the, hardest, the, uh... you know, the hardest place? The hardest place to give up was Culver's. So that was most definitely. Oh, and it's right yeah, there, that too. The That's place. tough. Yeah. I know. Look at, just look at right at you. I'm, you can, uh, you can expect Ross to be pulling up to the DeKalb Culver's in, like, sunglasses, a hoodie, <laughs> like, no team-affiliated <laughs> stuff, just getting down on some butter burgers and cheese curds. Like, just, just don't bother yeah. me, people. Yes, that 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 would be a good day for me. That's a, that sounds like a plan someday. But for right now, I'm having. So we're a good shipping time to... you the Xbox and Culvers. We got it. There we go. Yeah, they definitely good. don't we have Culvers in Cali, do they? No, no chance. It's a Midwest no thing. Yeah, you got to go get In and Out out there. I've never been, but I've seen I was it say, a we'll zillion you times. The Culvers for the In and Out. Uh, I'd say the In and Out burgers are better, but the fries at Culvers are way better than the in and out yeah i agree i agree and you got the you got the cheese you got the cheese curd option too so it's like if i'm feeling cheesy, yeah there's so many more options at culver's too yeah like there's no chicken tenders at in and out and all that stuff it's like a five thing menu so bro i always say it when you're at a restaurant and you can't find anything that you want to eat when in doubt chicken Chicken tender it out you can't go wrong oh yeah go to and the real, the, the real, the real testament is, is, bro, if they mess up your chicken tenders, they are definitely susceptible to getting a Yelp review. Cause I don't know how you could do that. <laughs> yeah, it is probably hard to mess up chicken tenders when you it's think like, about it. Drop in fryer, drop in basket, pour sauce. Yeah. Here you go, sir. See you later. <laughs> what? Hey, what I got? I don't know if you guys have heard about it. You probably have, but like, there's like this thing called the air fryer now. Like, I need to try that. Oh, air fryer. Like, air fryers are, yeah, those are legit. I've heard those are bomb. Yeah, I need to try. I, I've never tried some. I need to check it out though. You could put get... McDonald's fries in there like two days after you eat them, and they taste like they just came out of the fryer. May not may yes. not be ideal for our athlete listeners, but for the other listeners that are like Ethan and I, that may have a couple day old fries in the fridge. There you go. Well, don't listen to us, Russ. <laughs> don't listen. You you stick to what you're doing over there. We'll we'll continue to work the McDonald's and Culver stuff over here for you. Don't you worry. That sounds good. I'll hit you guys up when it's cheat meal day. How about that? Oh my god. All right. Absolutely. I think right. that would be that would be some perfect content we can get. We can cram as many calories down as possible. Ethan and I actually too. I don't know how we haven't talked about this yet with any of our guests on the team, but there was always uh-huh. at least one to two homemade pizzas made before the game. Now I don't know how that nice. correlated to us winning or losing, but we are huge frozen pizza guys on game day. Well, I'm gonna need you to eat 14 straight weeks of frozen pizza, then, boys. Come on now. Are you, are <laughs> That's you a challenge guys or I'm not? willing to accept. We're gonna have to be. I think we can. We can. Uh, we can parlay like a pizza review and like a game preview in the game. <laughs> there you go. I love it. Yeah, we're gonna have to figure out the top 14 brands, maybe a, a frozen pizza bracket, and then those will be what we'll rock <laughs> with for next season. And uh, 
let's just say we're going to have to make sure we hit the weights because we are going to get rather husky, and I'm not talking about our mascot. <laughs> There we go. That's good stuff. So I got to ask you, you know, as we get, you know, as we start to wrap things up here today, are there any projects that you're working on outside of football or anything that you spend a substantial amount of time doing that, you know, people may, may not know about you? Yeah. So I actually have, uh, what's it called? I'm a really avid painter. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. No, I have, I'm a football player. I don't do anything else. I don't do anything else. I was like, I was expecting like, like, I'm a big, I'm a big, uh, paint and sip guy. I like long walks on the beach. Like I was like, that's really going crazy. Oh man. I'm all football, man. Like if you go on my YouTube account, it's just those 30 minute condensed NFL games and college games. That's all I watch, man. I'm, I'm football through and through. I love it to the death. And I would, I probably a lot of I, there's a lot of relationships that have been affected by me loving it so much. <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad I'm glad I'm, glad I'm not alone in that because yeah. it's tough out here for a football guy. You got to stay dedicated to the game. And, and for you, I mean, look, you ended up at Cal. You're here at NIU. You're going into your graduate senior season, you know, with everything right there in front of you for the taking. And, and you've really made the best of your opportunities here in this game. I got to ask you, you know, it's a it's a little bit different because a lot of times we get the Huskies here when they're on their way out. But, you know, up to this point, do you have, you know, anybody that you want to thank on your way, um, whether it was, you know, family members or friends, but anybody here in Husky Nation as well, um, just for your time here or, you know, just getting you out of that situation in Cal and into, you know, getting you to a situation where the grass was greener on the other side? Yeah. You know, I, I first you got, you know, always thank God, but then, um, you know, all the glory goes to him, but my parents really were the biggest part for me. You know, they not just stuck to, not just stuck with me, but also supported me and, you know, giving me tough love when I've needed it and giving me so much support um, throughout this entire process, not just throughout my life, but really throughout this entire process, they've really stepped up. Um, you know, one, because I think they realize it's not easy transferring because, you know, they're coaches and they get it and, um, they've seen a lot of their own athletes go through it and, you know, so it's not an easy process, but, um, you know, just the love and support that they've given me through this entire process, um, you know, le- allowing me to make my own decisions and, um, you know, and, and still trusting me and supporting me where, you know, wherever that was going to be, you know, that was huge for me. And then, you know, just, you know, being able to talk to them in a, and, and you know, it's, I think, you know, once you got, you, you probably are with this, or hopefully you're with this, like, like this with your parents, excuse me, you know, as the older you get, the more friend, like the more friends you become, you know, and that's, what's been so cool for me um, is really getting to know my mom and dad on a friend level and actually having conversations, you know, that you really, that I never really thought I would have with them, you know, stuff I use, I wouldn't share, you know, wouldn't think in a million years that I would be talking with them about because it's embarrassing or because it's, personal or you know just something that you typically wouldn't want your mom or dad to know or or to hear about but you know they're my you know they're my rocks you know that they're they're my people you know and that's um you know they're my go-to you know and that's uh I've been so lucky um to have two parents like that I mean I know it's not like that for everybody so yeah absolutely uh, you know I'm just so grateful that um you know, that we've been able to develop a relationship that way, not just being, you know, and parent and son and all that, which has been phenomenal, you know, up until I left high school and all that stuff or up left for college, excuse me. And then 
just getting this chance to reconnect with them on a different level has been so cool. And, you know, I really got to give them all the credit. I mean, they have um, put me in so many good positions in my life to be successful and, and stuck with me through the bad times, you know, and there's been a lot of times where it's been self-inflicted and they haven't made me feel bad for it or made me feel less of a person or, or, you know, taken away my own or taken away confidence from me or, you know, just what I hear from a lot of what a lot of parents can do, especially for athletes. Um, yeah, know, those like helicopter parents, you know. Supportive. Well, yeah, you see like the LeVar Balls of the world where it's just like, God, it looks like he's like <laughs> just tormenting his, tormenting his yeah. sons. It's like, it's like leave him alone, just, like, dude. Yeah, yeah like enjoy the sport. their own lives for a second, you know, but it's like, yep. I'm just so grateful that, you know, I have parents that really, really support me and, um, you know, I'm just so grateful, man. It's, it's, I know it's not like that for everybody. And, um, I'm just so lucky that I have two of them. I mean, it's, it's been, un, it's been an unbelievable life, man, to be honest. You know, it's, I just feel so grateful to even just be in the position where I'm at right now. And, um, you know, it's, it's fun getting older cause it's like, you get more grateful for things and absolutely. Um, yeah. And you, re- and you kind of realize what they actually do for you and, and how much, um, they really have gone through to get you in a position or like to get me into this position. You like, don't see it when you're a kid. Cause you're just like blind to like adult life. And then like, once you like, I know for me, like I've had that, like coming into a new perspective, like with both my parents, but it was because I almost lost both of mine. So that was a different situation, but it's like when you get to that point where, you know, like you said, Ross, where you're like almost on a friend level where you can share any and everything that's going on in your life and they're, you know, yeah. like an open book. And I'm going to go out and say it. They owed you at least one move with how much you moved around growing up. So they they had to <laughs> they had to rock with you on that one. But like you said, you know, you got the right people in your corner. And, you know, whether it's, you know, whether it's your family or the coaching staff or players that you have around you, I, I feel like you're in a really good situation, not only to grow as a football player, but as a person. And that's one thing, yeah. too, that, that Coach Hammock really stressed last year. And I don't have the exact numbers, but I know the GPA was vastly improved from the season before and they graduated more players. And that's something that Ethan and I always talk about as fans of college football, because at the end of the day, we do realize it's a numbers game. Not everyone's going to get a chance to play in the NFL or or now, you know, the XFL or CFL. Some of you guys are going to play your last football game as a Northern Illinois Husky. And if you're not able to get your education and make the best of the relationships and stuff that you have here and resources in DeKalb, it's not going to be pretty for you. And we see all the time, you know, not necessarily players from, from NIU or, you know, there's no example that jumps to mind, but, you know, players that have everything in college and they're so used to being the guy and for whatever reason, things don't fall their way football wise. And it's like, you got to take advantage of that education. And I'm glad to see that you guys are doing. So one question that I actually, I feel like an ass for not asking it earlier, but what are you uh, What are you majoring in, and and what's the status? Are you currently graduating, looking to graduate this year, or? Uh, yes, I'll be graduating in the spring of next year. It looks like so next year. Um, and my and yeah, and I'm in the sport management graduate program. So, um, yeah. Let me pick been, your brain fun. about that one because I'm actually looking in. I'm like torn between contract law and sports management because I'm ultimately going to school for to become an agent. So I might have to pick your brain off air about that. Yeah, no, no probably. What's it called? I'll tell you everything you want to know from the classes I've taken. So it's 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 a great program though. There's a lot of um, like the instructors that I've had 
um, have been phenomenal. Um, you know, and it's and just graduate school um, itself has been so much more, so much better. I feel like it's like at this point we've weaned out all the people that are just kind of in college or just kind of getting by. It's 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 I'm really focused on what I want to do, and I want to do something with this degree. So I I got to ask you. Um, when, when, you know, you've played your last snap in football, you know, your football playing career is done. What's, uh, what are some of the type of jobs that you would, would look into? Like, I I know it's going to be a football answer, but I'm, I'm curious to see if you'd be more of like a a coach type or, or maybe a player development or front office. I don't know. Yeah. So I actually want to become like a quarterback trainer, personal trainer. Um, Oh, wow. That's that's, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be, thank you. And that's going to be something I'm really, you know, that's something I really want to do. You know, I always thought maybe I'd become a coach and, um, and that might, that might happen down the line. I'm not sure, but you know, I just looking at um, the setup I would have back home. uh, So I trained with a guy uh, by the name of Tracy Ford and he's built his business um, over the last couple of years. I mean, just phenomenally. So, um, you know, he has so many big clients and he has so many kids running through that facility now, um, you know, that he, uh, I was, you know, speaking with him and he was saying that, you know, once I'm done playing, you know, he would want me to come train his quarterbacks and, um, and then eventually, you know, become a personal trainer, um, after learning stuff from him because he's done it for so long, but yeah. you know, he's a guy that when I was coming out of high school, he helped me so much. You know, not just with changing my body, but just more so with my confidence. That's a big part of playing the position. You know, it's a lot of that is mental at quarterback, whether it's reading a defense or, you know, walking the walk and talking that talk. Staying staying confident. It really is. is. And he's he's just a great man. He was a great resource. He's always been a great resource for me. And, um, you know, I always thought eventually I would go back and work with him or work for him. And, and, you know, just because we share the same ideals, we share the same values and, um, beliefs that you know it was always fun showing up to work with him um, you know and I figured you know what what better way than go back home and um, you know and kind of you know still keep football alive in my life but try to help other kids along you know before they get to college or before they get to the pros or uh, or even before they get to high school you know and that would be uh, I feel like I have a different element to add than the majority of quarterback trainers out there just because I feel like I've done it you know and there's a lot of people uh, and I'm not trying to throw shade at anybody it's just there's a lot of trainers out there that didn't really do like what they're teaching you know like they didn't really play in a in a high like a high intense high stress like level or you know and that's not their fault at all and but it's more so just I feel like I can add more value because of the experience I've had yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I know a lot about football, and so does Ethan, but 10 times out of 10, I think the parents are picking Ross over the combination of us. <laughs> yeah, and, it, you know, and it's not to undermine anybody, it's just more so I just, you know, when you have the, the resume of it, man, it's just different. Yeah, it's just, it's a different experience, so. Um, That's great to hear, know, though, I think because I'm be always interested to see, I'm always interested to see what you guys have planned or want to do outside of football. Yeah. And I mean, I love, like, I love the aspect of training and getting out on the field and just, you know, learn just how can we throw the ball better? How can we be more efficient? How can we get the ball out quicker? And, and then I really love the aspect of getting them in the film room and let's break down stuff and let's do this and that, which not a lot of trainers do, you know, so I think I could be a huge help for, to guys just kind of 
teaching them how to watch film, teaching them how to break down stuff. You know, it'd be cool to add that aspect to my training. And I think that would really help. I think kids would keep coming back because they realize how much better they're getting because they're seeing the game differently and they're getting more valuable reps. But, you know. Especially from a guy like you who's not afraid to give that criticism. I feel like there's a lot of kids that can benefit from getting that criticism at a young age and they'll grow into be a better football player with a yeah. trainer like yourself who will not only who who will go the, the extra mile for that athlete. And I think that's incredible. So Yeah. I think too it's just I've always one respected more and, and stuck with more the people who are tough on me. You know, the people who really demanded from me. Well, you know, there's, there's a lot of know? like it's such a yeah, it's such a I feel like it's such a society nowadays where it's just like, well, if you if you didn't do it, that's okay. Well, not okay. Yep, I agree. You know, and then having that somebody there to kind of keep pushing yep. you to kind of remember, like, okay, you can be better. You can always be better. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, always, I mean, it's I've okay. always loved having those type of people in my life. It's okay in peewee football for little Johnny, but when you're at a Division One school, absolutely not. It's not okay. So I gotta ask up. you. I gotta ask you. Um, do you have words of advice for players coming into the program currently to get ready and adjusted to the college setting here at NIU? Yeah, I would say just my word of advice is just come in being yourself. You know, don't try to be anybody that you're not. You know, it's just you'll end up getting a lot further and a lot happier when you just come in and just not try to impress people. You're not trying to be somebody else or, you know, or like you're treating us like a, you know, I, I get it's a whole new experience and it's scary and it's going to be fun. And, um, you know, and you can kind of be whoever you want to be, which is cool, but, you know, stick to those core values, man. That's, you know, stick to what, you know, stick to the things that, what, uh, how you got here, you know, like, you know, and that's being a good player and a good person, you know, and that's, you know, I'm sure those are the two things our coaches are looking for in these recruits and, you know, they're not going to bring them in unless they're good people and good players. So, you know, just stick to those core values, man, because there's going to be a lot of moments where, you know, you can go, you know, right or left. And there's a lot of times where you can, it's easy to go left, you know, and you know, I'll just say, make sure you just know who you are, you know, and, and don't sway from that, you know. Yeah, and I think that's good advice, especially coming from the quarterback, coming from the leader, someone who's been in the college ranks for about four, you know, this will be your fifth season here. So you've been there, you've done that, you've been around these programs, and you know, you know, what being able to trust the process and seeing it through is. And and that's got to be, you know, one of the most interesting rooms in all of America that first week when all the new freshmen get there, because you know, when you're leaving high school, most of the times you're leaving that high school as the absolute man, the best player on the, on the team for the most part. And when you get to college, it's, it's you got to adjust to, you know, your role on the team until you can eventually crack the starting lineup. So it's really like you said, you got to be able to to, you know, build on what got you there in the first place. Don't stray away from that, you know, build on your strengths and, you know, trust the process as as you sit here going into, you know, your grad transfer senior year. Like I said earlier, you know, you have everything right out there in front of you for the taking, an opportunity to put together a quality season, a chance to win the MAC, maybe a good bowl game. You know, all these things are, are right there for the taking. And if you guys continue to put in the work and control your one of one, I've said it to you. I know you've heard it from a lot of people, but I really do think this team has what it takes to surprise the MAC. So I, I'm happy to say you're you're our quarterback and and someone that was able to join us here because this. 
you know, we're almost on two hours here and we usually only go for about an hour. So I got to say it, it was it was a real pleasure being able to pick your brain and see where you were at going into this uh, into this 2020 season. Thank you, my man. Hey, I appreciate you guys calling. It's, it's been a fun interview. That's for sure. So we all have seen Ross Bowers on the field, but getting to know the Ross Bowers off the field, getting to know the story where you come from, getting your opinion on what the team is like. I mean, this is I hate to take your word, but this was truly a fun interview. I'm looking forward to getting this one out. But more importantly, I'm just looking forward to seeing you grow as an athlete and hopefully see you on campus next year and see you grow as a person. Thank you. I appreciate that, Ethan. That was very nice. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, you know, on behalf of the ONTAP Sportsnet, Huskies on tap, um, you know, our, our podcast doesn't have weight without the players. It doesn't move. We don't have anything to cover without you guys. And that's why this has been like the toughest time for us, but our ability to get you guys on the show and really pick your brains and, and let our, you know, our listeners and the people of Husky nation get to know you guys a little bit better off the field, I think is a good thing for all the parties involved. And, you know, like Ethan has said in the past, you know, we haven't, we haven't misstepped or gone wrong any way yet. So I, I hope we can continue to stay in good grace with the team. But like we said, yeah. you know, it's been a pleasure to watch you out there on the field. It was a pleasure to have you here uh, on the episode of Huskies on Tap here today, but do you have any wrap-up thoughts for our listeners? No, nah, you know, just uh, just keep supporting the Huskies, man. I know we haven't uh, – the last year maybe wasn't what everybody was expecting or wanting. You know, I think it's easy to kind of sway, you know, when the team's losing or when the team's kind of down in terms of, you know, oh, I don't want to come to the game or, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm maybe not going to support them as much or um, – you know, I would just say just, you know, watch the first game and you'll notice the difference. I really believe that. You know, I don't I don't know if it's going to be a win or a loss, but I know you'll at least see the difference in the team and how we play. Um, you know, it's going to be a fun, I'm ready for football fun year to, to really watch. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> I after am that, too. after that, I'm like, let's go. Yeah, I yeah, will. We got to get we got to get the rest of the people to uh, make the uh, Huskies across our chest and you can find us in the Fatties Lounge. That sounds good. <laughs> I really do feel the uh, the optimism though, and I know I know you've been around some you know some really talented teams, whether it was at Cal or NIU, and it it gives Ethan and I that sense of confidence, knowing that you guys are truly all in on this year. Coach Hammock's all in, the coaching staff, and all the players involved. I mean, last year, you know, for the most part, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, NIU has a winning culture. You know, we may not be in the Big Ten or the SEC or any of these conferences, but if you look at the the course of the NIU history for football, they've won a lot of football games. They've won the MAC uh, more than a handful of times, I would say. And on top of that, for us being a Power Five school, we've gotten to these prestigious bowl games. You know, they've played the Florida States. They they schedule Florida State. Okay, like it's, it, you know what I'm saying. So it's it's great to yeah. know that that you. You know, you are necessarily one of the leaders of our team. And I hope, you know, you know, coming down the stretch, you get announced as one of the captains. That would be totally awesome. But at the end of the day, Coach Hammock will make you. Exactly. I don't know if you've been. I'm sure you may have been a captain in high school, but that would be, you know, that, I'm, you know, just from, you know, getting to know you. I know that would be an honor for you, but it's going to be great to see you guys, like you said, put in the work in the dark hours, come to fruition in the light when we get back, you know, whether whether that's in June, July, whenever you guys get back out there, we fully trust that you guys will be in the best position to go out there and win the MAC. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate the belief. Now we got to get everybody else to believe. 
No big deal. Hey, wh- one by hey, one. Hey, we all... got you go. You go play. You go play ball. We got you covered from the. Fans. Yeah, we got you guys covered from the from the, whether it's the pictures, the articles, the podcast. We got you guys covered on that angle. It's going to be a fun year following you guys. But one thing I, you know, I want to go out and say is is just, you know, you said it earlier. It's, it's you got to be able to control what you can control and trust that process. You can only go out and do what you can do to help the team win, and everybody yeah. else has to buy into that culture and. And from everything that we've seen so far and kind of the stretch, I, th- I think you got to really look at the way you guys finished last season, coming down the stretch, winning, I think it was like three out of the last four games, and just relatively being competitive with that outlier game being against Eastern Michigan. I really do think there's a lot to build on. And, and going out and being that spoiler team against Western Michigan is is something that, you know, you sent the seniors off the right way, you finished the season on, a right no- on the right note, and now... Whether we get back whenever that is with, you know, with this COVID-19 mess, you know, like you said earlier in the episode, we really do hope that everyone out there is being, you know, safe and, and people can really get through this mess. But when we see the other side of this, it's it's really going to be a true treat to see where this 2020 NIU Husky team is. Yeah, man. Well, we, we really appreciate your guys' support, man, and everything you do for the program. It's it's a really cool thing what you guys are doing and, and hopefully still do so. Oh, really absolutely. Absolutely. And and, that, and that's the thing, too. It's uh, like I said, without you guys, none of this is possible. And and even if we never had a guest on the show or we, we struggled to get guests, it's something that we looked at from a business standpoint. Like, yo, we live right behind the stadium. So it's like we're going to every mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. I don't know how uh, media access works for practices coming up in the season. But if we can get to practices, too, hell, I'm out there. I'm all for it. But awesome. whatever, awesome. whatever, we, whatever we can do. Go ahead, E. And we appreciate your words too. That I mean, that says a lot to us. Just starting from the bottom up, like you did, man. Just grinding. We appreciate your words, and we got your back just as much as you have ours. So, well, thank you, boys. That means a lot, man. It really does. Absolutely, and we we do appreciate that. And 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 you know, going into this upcoming season, for you know whoever's made it into this point of the podcast, we will look to get as much coverage, whether that's uh, in the game, at the game, after the game, podcast, whatever. We're looking to be your number one source for NIU Huskies football news. And, you know, we, we really do thank you on behalf of the ONTAP Sports Night, Mr. Bowers, for joining us today. Best of luck on the rest of, you know, the time that you spend out there in Cali uh, training for when you do get back ultimately to campus. And, and I'm going to go out and say it, too, because it's a real tough time out here for our students. But best of luck to you in this online semester, because it is it is truly yeah, a weird – I don't know if you've ever taken an online course. I know I haven't, but it's a weird time for us students. It is, man. It really is. Good luck to the professors, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So, Pray and hope for the best. Absolutely. All the glory to God, like you said, and be able to trust the process and, and just take it one day at a time because that's all we can really do in this time. Uh, but like we've stated, you know, this was – I would say a real quality episode here of Huskies on Tap presented to you by the On Tap Sportsnet. Look out in the future for other podcasts here with uh, some of the guests here from the football team. We're looking to get some more basketball guests and just really, you know, broaden our spectrum on what we're covering here at NIU. But I got nothing else. E, do you got anything for the listeners today? Uh, once again, just thank Ross for nearly spending two hours with us, answering questions, talking life. Uh, we appreciate it. We uh, look forward to coming and getting you back on soon. Yeah, absolutely. You heard it from E. Ross, you got anything left for the listeners? Oh, man, just appreciate your guys' questions and time, man, and uh, go Huskies. Hey, he beat me to it. Absolutely. You heard it from the man himself, the <laughs> gu- the young gunslinger from, from-
from Washington out here playing for the Northern Illinois Huskies, Mr. Ross Bowers. I could keep talking, but I actually got to get myself to work, so I got nothing else but go Huskies.